0: Welcome back to The 123 Show with me, Noreen Mir, this Thursday afternoon. Let's turn to the final bit of today's programme, and that is a bit of artsing around with Andrew Dambina. Andrew, it's great to speak to you. How are you today?
1: I'm, I'm good, thanks. Even, even, even if I'm referred to as a final bit, um, yeah, how are, you, how, how are you doing?
0: Sorry, apologies. <laughs> no, no, it's you know, you know what they say. Yep. They save the best till last, so that's it. Ah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's what. That's what. That's what. Uh, I'll deviate for a quick moment. That's what my son has done. He's eighteen now, and ever since he's been able to digest anything beyond liquid food, he always saves the best thing on his plate till
0: last. Still. It's still at the age s- of eighteen. Wow. Yeah. That's really rare. I think that's something that you do as children. I mean, I, I mean, nowadays I just go for the best bit first in case I'm too full yeah, for I it just, afterwards. I don't. Yeah. Know.
1: I don't, I don't want him to grow up. I don't want to oh, let go. I know.
0: I know. <laughs> yeah. yeah, keep him. Yeah. Keep him in the house.
1: Yeah, I'm going to. Yeah, <laughs> he's locked in. Anyway, I'll, <laughs> okay, don't mind that banging in the background. We'll talk about art.
0: Yes, that's <laughs> so, right. So um, what have you got for us uh, this afternoon? Um, right, okay.
1: We'll start with a couple of local matters and then go global, if we may, if I may. Um, and, um, well, we can't, unfortunately, even though I'm saying it, it all in an upbeat voice, we cannot ignore... Uh, the uh, what's gone into um, you know main news items, uh, including on uh, Radio Three, which is the art world's um, self-censorship on the freedom of expression, um, has now been confirmed as, as something that's uh, that's that's happening as of this week. Um, two major things happened this week. I'll just remind you and the listener um, in this sphere. So let's start with yesterday. Um, uh, it's something that's funny because we've talked about it, you and I, twice since this arts artsing around. Uh, segment's been going. We've kind of brought it up, um, you know, how are things going to be after the uh, national security law got imposed in uh, June last year. Um, And we've now found out quite a lot this week. So um, very pertinent and relevant to artsing around, really, um, because it may affect what goes on not in just um, uh, gallery art, uh, but also, um, you know, uh, we've we've, we've kind of alluded to this in the past before in our talks. also in terms of subject matter in performance pieces.
0: Yeah, I so, think you're referring to what Carrie Lam was saying, addressing uh, legislator Eunice Young's uh, question about the West Kowloon Cultural District's M plus museum. Uh, exactly. Causing exactly. Sort of right. great concern yeah. um, in yeah, case they're spreading, well, quote unquote, hatred against China. Yeah, that's right.
1: Yeah, exactly. Uh, specifically in LegCo yesterday, as you say, Eunice uh, Young of the People's Party um, was responding to negative reports in uh, pro Beijing uh, media uh, outlets, newspapers, who claim that certain works um, can do exactly as you said, spread hate against uh, China, and therefore be in contravention of um, the, uh, the, you know, the, the uh, what's allowed under the National Security Law, which wouldn't have been the case uh, before that was imposed. So, uh, a specific artwork by mainland-born artist Ai Weiwei. Uh, and his image of a middle finger gesture at Tiananmen Square, being gestured towards Tiananmen Square, um, was um, alluded to in those discussions in LegCo. Um, and uh, this is uh, said to be, it was mentioned to be part of an upcoming exhibition of work uh, at the West Kowloon Cultural Distri- District's M Plus Museum. Um, so, yes, our chief executive um, did um, make the point that she trusts that um, museum officers can tell the difference between artistic expression and threat to national security. Now, as ever, unfortunately, this is not spelled out in a crystal clear way, so it leaves a lot of room for interpretation, both in the, um, uh, in the selection, let's say, put by museums, galleries, and I think it will also um, you know, affect um, the subject matter and nature by the management of, um, um, of um, you know, so let's say uh, theater spaces um, and other performance spaces where performances are gonna go on. Um, a lot of gray area still, um, but it has been broached now. As of that, that was as of yesterday. Um, but, um, the, I um she,
0: she adds that you know she's sure that staff will be able to sort of tell what is freedom of artistic expression and whether certain yeah. pieces are really meant to incite hatred and destroy relations between um you know uh, hong kong and, and and china and undermine national security she she does add that you know um she, you know you're talking about arts and 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 um and culture, and she does add that you know we have to respect the freedom of artistic expression. So that Indeed. being that being said, so mm-hmm. she she has really sort of laid that down. She does, uh, you know, we have to respect the freedom of artistic depression. That being said, I, I wonder if people making the decisions sort of self censor, you know, and and that, exactly. that, that there are worries um, as to you know where the where the line is um, and, and yeah. how they would interpret it themselves. Well. I think. I think. I mean, that's that's precisely
1: the. Uh, I think the uh, the kind of uh, the point of what the you know, or the questions that are hanging in the air after that discussion in Legco yesterday, because uh, as with um, social media and other forms of personal expression, um, it's uh, it now uh, remains to be seen how um, how certain artworks or art performances, uh, among other things, will be. Um, Seen or perceived um, under the national security law, and how um, incitement, um, sedition, and all of the other um, elements um, that are that criminal offences will be um, will be perceived to, uh, you know, uh, to be whether they will take into account uh, opinions and what will be deemed as as uh, insightful and hatred, etc. It's, it's it's just um. It's, it's, it's such a great area
0: that you know. Yeah. When is it just art, or when is it sort of art with like a a political message, or when is it art that's sort of uh, causing mm. people to 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 incite? Yeah. yeah it, it's, well,
1: it's the latter. It's the latter that's the most hard one to to, to guess, isn't it? Because yeah. uh, political political messages have long been the um, uh, 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 a theme among zillions of others among themes of relationships love or just painting beautiful landscapes or whatever but 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 social uh, situations and feelings about um being oppressed or happy or whatever are just gen general human emotions which are always reflected in arts of all kinds including music and uh, lyrics so so that's um just food food for thought that's been kind of um sending waves through mm. uh the, uh, the art world here I'm sure and it follows in uh, a week at the beginning of the week with the withdrawal of an internationally awarded feature length film documentary about um, uh, about the protests and standoff between police and protesters at Polytechnic University which is uh, a film that's not a new one, it's been in international circulation.
0: Is that the one time. in PolyU?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah it's called in, It's called Inside the, uh, the Red Brick Wall and um, it was uh yeah, I mean, it was filmed during the protest of um, uh, 2019 November, and it was due to debut uh, under a private uh, screening or a hired screening in a new cinema called um, um, the Golden Scene Cinema this Monday, just gone. Mm-hmm. And it was cancelled earlier in the same day by those who were going to screen it, the Hong Kong Film Critics Society, who feared falling foul of the national security law um, after um, kind of condemnation in the Wen Wei Po newspaper, which is said by some to be a Beijing mouthpiece in Hong Kong to kind of indirectly let Hong Kong people know through a newspaper how Beijing's feeling. So they acted on um, several articles that, uh, that ran in there which uh, were accusing the organisers of breaching the security law. This is, uh, uh, you know, before it had even screened, so they called out. That is self-censorship, so we'll have to see what happens in, uh, in other types of arts. It's a heavy number for us to start off with, uh, having been all jolly before getting into our segment here, but it's a real one. So uh, it's, uh, it's very, very um, real for the art scene here. Yeah. Mm. Um, it's all part of the same uh, um, sort of cultural references that, um, that I guess that in many areas in Hong Kong people are finding out what's permissible and what's not these days, right, like in libraries or in schools and so on. So it's a um, cultural uh, cultural life is, uh, is, is one other area of life that is now under the microscope, I guess. Mm. So, moving on to um, uh, the, my second uh, segment. Uh, again, about M+, but totally unrelated to what we were just talking about. It's an interesting online seminar that's being hosted um, by, uh, by the not yet physically open M+, in West Kowloon. Um, and it's part of a series called M Plus Matters. And they've been having some, uh, not many yet, but they've been having a few panel discussions about arts in general. And they've got one uh, coming up on uh, Monday, next Monday, the 29th of March, called um, Understanding Museum Audiences in China. And it's about, um, it's looking into the psyche of the Chinese um, art-going public and what they, uh, and, wh- and how they react best in many different types of uh, art gallery environment, from state-run to private art museums to auction uh, environments, if they're a collector. Um, And uh, its premise is um, to, uh, uh, among the panelists, to see what a a, a museum or gallery's attitude um, is towards the audience and how it uh, presents the artwork. So it's quite a kind of, uh, for those who are interested in... uh, you know how things work in a cu- uh, uh, cu- curatorial way. When when a, a, an ex- exhibition is is curated, it'll be a look into the psyche of how that's done in those various institutions in China. Um, the five speakers are uh, from the Guangdong Times Museum, which is a big museum in Guangzhou. Um, there's also the founding uh, director of uh, a, a, a a big art collection called the Ullens Foundation, which is which was set up by. Uh, by an expatriate um, uh, couple in Beijing some years ago. And uh, um, uh, yeah, their opinion, they've also got a gallery in Beijing called the UCCA, the Yuland Center for Contemporary Art, which mostly features contemporary uh, mainland Chinese art rather than art from outside. So that's interesting. Find out what it is about the hottest contemporary mainland Chinese art that uh, that excites the uh, the gallery visitor. Um, there's also the director of Power Station Arts, which is one of the more contemporary um, art galleries and uh, in, in Shanghai. And uh, also someone from uh, the, something called a private uh, art gallery called the Rockbund Art Museum in Shanghai. And then from Hong Kong, one, one voice is the senior curator and head of curatorial affairs at, at M Plus Hong Kong. So they've all got these, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a pretty major one. I mean, I'm definitely going to be tuning in for this on Monday next week. Um, it's, it's So to repeat to those that are interesting, it's a discussion that focuses on the relationship that a gallery has with its audience and how it shows things accordingly because of that relationship and uh, going for it, whether it is, you know, a private uh, um, small exhibition or whether it's a, a, a big colossal exhibition um, Museum gallery, and it's on then at uh, between seven and nine pm on the twenty ninth uh, of March, Monday, next Monday. And it's um, it's a bilingual presentation. Um, there'll be whenever English is not used, there will be subtitles, and it'll be held over Zoom. And if you're interested in that, go to uh, West Kowloon, That's all one word: West dot hk, and hit the What's On tab on the homepage, uh, or search uh, with the with the search bar on the homepage the name of the talk, which is called, once again, Understanding Museum Audiences in China.
0: Awesome. Speaking of relations, um, well, of museums with artists, I have a few friends who who are artists uh, in Hong Kong who used to live in uh, the the mainland, used to live in Beijing, and they've often commented how um, supportive the whole uh, artistic scene is there uh, in in China, in the mainland, Um, and and that a lot of artists from from different medium will often get together and hold collaborations and and be very supportive. Whereas when you speak to artists in Hong Kong, they're usually... uh, uh, very re- very few of them are full-time artists, so they've, they've often got mm, another job true. supporting them. And a lot of times that they're, they're sort of renting out studios or, or, you know, working from their own home, and there's not such that's a pretty. big um, supportive network. Yeah. So that that's quite interesting. Com-
1: com- no, you're quite right. Compared to mainland China, that isn't the case. I mean, there have been for a long time uh, in Beijing, they've got the 758 studios, which are mm. uh, yeah in a kind of um, converted um, industrial area, which have been really really supportive, offering very low rents. Hong Kong was slow to uh, the game and still is compared to mainland China. I have to say though that a jockey club supported um, building, which is an industri- ex-industrial building in shepkit Kip Mei, um, is, um, is 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 a very uh, is a very great space that is where. Um, studios for working artists um, uh, who can also have exhibitions there uh, do get things at a, at a lower that's rate. Right. I'm not sure. That's if, right.
0: It's yeah. Uh, yeah. Often a lot of times when we speak to the artists, their exhibitions are mm. always in the Shepkit-May uh, Jockey Club right. Exhibition Centre. Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. And there's a couple of other places, um, but they're but they're tiny compared to the shepkit May one. There's also Oil Street uh, Galleries and Studios, which is in North Point, um, which is in an old uh, heritage building that's protected. And there's also the Tokwa One uh, cattle depot, um, which uh, which used to be a slaughterhouse, um, and there's now and there's now a thriving, tiny um, kind of uh, um, set of uh, of art studios where they sometimes have exhibitions in a in an inner courtyard when the weather's good, a good place to view art. Um, so to finish to finish um, uh, today, something as a uh, just an international. Uh, bit of piece of interest, uh, there was a setting um, the state of the world of art uh, uh, fine art that is um, in two thousand and twenty last year. The annual publication of the global art market two thousand and twenty one which looks back on the previous year is just hot off the press it 's the fifth edition of this very keenly referred to kind of reference title and it 's published collaboratively as always by Art Buzzle. Um, who do the art fairs in normal times, and uh, and uh, UBS Bank. Um, it it always comes out in March, and it's managed to do so, uh, um, you know, in a timely fashion that hasn't been delayed by the pandemic, which will be of interest to uh, to people because it goes into great detail in things like um, specific artworks, which are it's hundreds and hundreds of pages long. It goes into specific detail of of, of What are the highly collectible artworks um, and who has been exhibiting where and uh, how many galleries have been mushrooming in certain countries or or disappearing in other countries? It's a real overview. And it's written by a cultural, uh, what she calls herself, a cultural economist. So she's uh, looking at the way the flow of money goes, but that's not the main focus. It's also about cultural behavior within the arts. Dr. Claire McAndrew. Um, She is the founder of something called Art Economics. So it is a a research and consulting firm which which looks at the culture and the economy within the arts. Um, And she's been the uh, the author of that for a while. I'll let you know a few of the highlights which are kind of accessible to us uh, sort of folk who are not delving into it too deeply. um, It does go into uh, some areas of the behavior of high net worth collectors, what they've been up to. Um, last year, in in a a time where they can't go to auctions and so on. Um, And it also looks at the the real effects that the global pandemic has had on various sectors uh, of the art world and the art market last year, and how sales have evolved um, and people have been managing to exhibit in this unusual time. Um, And it's reviewing some of the biggest trends that they say, uh, that this book says will shape the market because of what's happened in 2020, what we can expect this year. So um, some of the key findings are that last year, the global sales of art and antiques reached an, uh, an estimated in U.S. dollars, 50.1 billion dollars. And that is down 22 percent, down 22 percent from 2019. In Hong Kong dollars, that's 389 billion dollars in fine art was spent. And that's down 22 percent from the year before because it was affected by the pandemic. So I can't even imagine how um,
0: much money that is. That's a lot, no, a lot of I money. No, I
1: know. It is a lot of money, isn't it? And um, the three major hubs for fine art in general continues to be the US, the UK, and greater China. Interesting. That's throughout 2020, Mm -hmm. where um, that saw the most action in the arts world and the most global sales in 2020. Um, And the the fallout from COVID-19 has led to a uh, 20% decline in art sales by dealers and galleries, um, which is... uh, um, uh, I, which I, I can give you the figure again i don't want to overwhelm with figures but it's 29.3 billion um us dollars which is 389 billion that's the same figure um that i that i mentioned before uh it's it, dealers dealers are um uh expected uh, they expect with a 20% decline that uh, that things are going to go up by um, by about the same amount this year. They're keeping their fingers crossed. About 60% of, of dealers said that. So that's good that they're optimistic, but... Uh we could do with seeing more uh, more public uh, galleries open, couldn't we, really? Absolutely. Um, this- well, one
0: thing that comes to mind is how people sort of buy art via auctions or having not seen the art pieces in person. <laughs> You'll have to do a lot of well, research or, you know, you, you turn to someone who knows a lot of that art because I, I wonder yeah. if people sort of not get buyer's remorse, but, you know, you, you, you bid on a piece of art and it's very expensive and when you see it in person, it's not quite how you imagined it because you've never seen it in real life.
1: Yeah, that's a good, it's a good point. Um, what galleries have been doing more and more, a bit like some of the exhibitions that we've been talking about, um, that have gone online, you would get, um, art dealers or galleries who are, who are wanting to, um, to show a piece of work to someone, sell it, um, really doing this all on, uh, on video, you know, live stream. Mm-hmm. So it will be, I mean, it's not, it, it, rather than just having one flat image, they'll be looking at the back of it, looking at the condition of it, putting it in different environments, um, shining, shining light on it, uh, and showing also, when it comes to certain collectible pieces that are very old also, um, and this would apply to when you're buying something in the physical sense, people would be supplied with x-ray images as well. You know, it goes back to the old masters, people like Rembrandt and Vermeer, Dutch painters, or um, even um, Turner, the, the, uh, the, uh, the, the, the painter of landscapes mm-hmm. in, the, uh, in the UK. There have been some amazing finds found underneath when artists went through hard times, in particular, they would paint over canvases. It's not just uh, hard times um, wanting to reuse a canvas, but also hey, wow. they didn't. They, they, yeah, they didn't so always it was like have the story. painting
0: space. within a painting, or or, or oil uh, on, yeah. on canvas. Yeah, upon oil there was a, on canvas. yeah. Wow.
1: There was Indeed, there was a very interesting find um, uh, towards the end of last year, where there's um, so J M W Turner, the British landscape painter, who's known for kind of doing sunsets and lots of. Uh, lots of amazing light across the sea um, was ne- hardly known at all to ever paint any uh, portraits but on uh, on one x raying for a sale for a museum uh, early uh, sorry late last year um, it was found that there were beneath one uh, land- landscape of a ship uh, at sunset um in a in a kind of um, yeah in a haze in the way that he normally painted um, there were two separate Female portraits of females underneath it, and they were trying the the oh. art uh, historians. Yeah, they were trying to kind of play this solve the mystery game of who these women were because they looked. One looks like it might be a relative of his, and others were saying it could have been a friend. And or it, maybe his ex-girlfriend,
0: who he was like, well, I'm just going to paint over them.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't want <laughs> to think about her anymore. I'll put a ship on a, a ship at <laughs> sunset. This ship has sailed. Instead.
0: Maybe it's metaphor.
1: <laughs> oh, no really, boom, boom. Classic. Yeah. So, um, yeah, actually, interestingly, from the um, uh, from those results though, of the uh, global arts market 2021 is that online sales, unsurprisingly, have uh, reached a record high. They reached a record high in 2020, which was um, of um, 12.4 billion U.S., otherwise known as 96.3 billion Hong Kong. Um, and that doubled in value from 2019. So, so, you know, it's been amazing for online sales. People have found a way of either using their video cameras and uh, doing loads of research to double sales in, in the year 2020 where so many um, things were, um, you know, economically broken. It meant that uh, online sales expanded from uh, uh, 9% of total sales in 2019 to 25% of all fine art uh, sales from galleries in 2020 globally, so oh, wow. that's a that, yeah, it's a big it's a big percentage jump um, in how many sales were actually made. And if those points aren't deep-reaching enough for you, uh, far more detail is available to you and the listener. You can find the Art Market 2021, which is free. All of its hundreds of pages are available for free. Looking at to be downloaded from artbasel.com and it's there prominently right on their
0: homepage. Excellent. Well, Andrew, once again, thank you so much for your time uh, this afternoon, and I look forward to more artsing around with you next week. Um, Thank you very much indeed.
1: Thanks, Nori. Speak to you next week. Thank you.